Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the February 9th edition of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. As I've said before, today we'll not actually be reading anything new from the Catechism, but I just wanted to take this occasion of it being an extra day in a sense to answer some questions that different people had. So hopefully um, we'll be able to look at a couple of things and hopefully all of us can benefit from it. At the outset, I just wanted to say, as always, that I hope it's clear that there is a difference between the text of the Catechism and any commentary I might make. So the text of the Catechism is an official document of the Catholic Church. It has a certain amount of authority. It has a certain amount of weight in and of itself. My comments are very much um, lesser, of a lesser importance. If I happen to be saying something that's right, which, again, I hope I am, but if it happens to be something right, then fantastic. But if I happen to say something that's wrong, that isn't in accord with the Catechism or with the other teachings of the Catholic Church, then what's important is the teaching of the Church and not my commentary. I hope that people realise that when I give the podcast, when I finish reading and start commenting, in a sense, the, the authority goes down at that moment. So anyway, some people had some questions. The first question that somebody was asking me was, what is the difference between the Catechism of the Catholic Church and these national catechisms that are out there? I haven't seen a huge amount of these national catechisms. I know that there's one produced for Filipino Catholics, so the the Bishops' Conference of the Philippines has produced one. Um, There's another one that the U.S. bishops produced, the U.S. Catholic Catechism for Adults. This is a a book that was produced in the States. It's got a red cover on it. The Irish Bishops' Conference have taken this U.S. Catechism and kind of edited a bit for use in Ireland, and they switched the red cover for a green cover, and this one is for use for in Ireland. And then there is an interesting enough one done for the Ukrainian Catholic Church. So the Byzantine Catholic Church in the Ukraine has produced a version of the Catechism for its own use, and this is available also on the internet in English. If people are interested, they can look at that. And um, so these local catechisms are attempts by the um, National Conference of Bishops in different regions to produce a catechism for use in their own place. So it's assumed that any catechism, any catechetical text that's being produced, a manual to help prepare children for First Communion, a high school religion program, whatever, will make use of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. But these national catechisms should make a deeper use of the Catechism, implementing it, explaining it in better words for their particular people. So, in a sense, these things are quite useful. They've been approved by the local, the national conferences of bishops in the different countries. And therefore, that we should look at them, we should appreciate them. Uh, but again, if I'm absolutely honest, personally, I prefer the original. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, I think, is very good. I think anybody really should be able to go to the text of the Catechism itself. Again, if maybe for an adult faith uh, formation group or something, a national catechism might also be interesting and useful. But uh, we shouldn't uh, disregard them. But I'd say that we should, um, I I personally think that the Catechism of the Catholic Church is fairly 
open and fairly easy for anybody to understand. The other option that the Indian Bishops Conference took is an option that perhaps I myself would prefer in that they produced a very detailed national directory for catechesis where they examined the particular situation of the church in India, they look at the situation, the history of the Catholic Church in India, they look at the cultural situation in India, they explore all these things and they provide a background for anybody evangelizing in India and then they let them use the catechism of the Catholic Church as it is, but keeping these things in mind. So I think personally that would be a thing I would prefer to do. So anyway, um, the next question I have is somebody's asking me about number 67 of the catechism. So this is back a bit. And 67 says, through the ages, there have been so-called private revelations, some of which have been recognized by the authority of the church. They do not belong, however, to the deposit of faith. It is their role to improve. It is not their role, excuse me, to improve or complete Christ's definitive revelation but to help live more fully by it in a certain period of history. Guided by the magisterium of the church, the census fidelium knows how to discern and welcome in these revelations whatever constitutes an authentic call of Christ or his saints to the church. So this is the, um, the idea of private revelations. Again, private revelations are fine, but we go back to the, the principle that formal revelation finished in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only word that God has spoken, that he spoke in many and various ways, as the Hebrew says, to our fathers in the Old Testament times. But today he has spoken to us exclusively in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ is the only word of God. Then in a formal sense, we say that Catholic revelation finished with the death of the last apostle, so traditionally, St. John is supposed is, is considered to be, have been the last apostle to die. So when he died, there was no new revelation. So revelation, in a sense, is closed. What can grow is our understanding of this revelation. So if there is a private revelation, and again, I need to underline that these private revelation, revelations are few and far between. So it's not that most people have private revelations. Private revelations are very few. That we see them, for example, at St. Bernadette in Lourdes or to St. Juan Diego in um, Guadalupe that Our Lady appears and says something. But never in these private revelations do we find some new doctrine. So if an angel was to appear to me and say to me, Neil, look, we made a mistake. The Pope isn't the real Pope. The last three popes have been fake or the last ten popes have been fake or whatever and that God has decided that you should be the new pope. Then I should call a psychiatrist and not a press conference because this is not what private revelation is about. Private revelation is something that builds up the body of Christ, not that forms divisions within it. So as I say, the, the, um, the revelation to the private revelation to Juan Diego or to St. Bernadette, are examples of this. All the saints have received them, other people have received them, but again, they're few and they're far between. And always when they come, it's to build up what we already have. You know, to tell people to pray, to tell people to fast, to pray for the conversion of Russia, 
to build a church and to do processions. These items, these uh, revelations are personal, but yes, they can benefit the rest of the church, but they're not adding anything specific to the doctrine of the church. The doctrine of the church is closed and these are adding something new to it. The last question that I was that I'm going to look at today is a question that somebody was asking me about the difference between belief and um, and knowing and to reason. And I think here we need to look at what faith is. I mean, 176 of the Catechism says that faith is a personal adherence of the whole man to God who reveals himself. It involves an assent of the intellect and will to the self-revelation that God has made through his deeds and his words. And really to go deeper, I would have to recommend the first encyclical of Pope Francis or the last encyclical of Pope Benedict, depending how you look at it, this lumen fide, this light of faith that speaks about uh, what faith is, the importance of the act of faith, what is faith. And it says that really, sometimes people think that faith is either a leap in the dark to be taken in the absence of light, driven by blind emotion, or as a subjective light, capable of perhaps warming the heart and bringing personal consolation, but not something which could be proposed to others. So in other words, in the world today, sometimes, sometimes people think of faith as even something blind or something totally personal that couldn't possibly be shared. And to know that uh, the church always teaches that faith is something deeper than this. It's something more real than this. In Lumen Fide, it quotes St. Augustine, who says that man is faithful when he believes in God and his promises. God is faithful when he grants to man what he has promised. And so, again, living in a world where it seems that the only truth is technology, we need to see that there is a true light of faith, that faith is something real, faith is something that can be shared, faith is something that is an experience and even is a gift. So it's true that not everybody might be granted to this gift of faith, but that the Lord can give this faith to anybody who wants. So it's a gift from Jesus Christ. It's a gift from God. And it's a gift, however, that must be accepted. It's not hardwired in us. It's not, we're not forced. It's not like a lobotomy. But it's something that is proposed to us, that the church and Christian or another Christian will propose faith to us. And then we have the freedom to accept it or not. And if we freely accept it through the grace of God, God will give us this certainty, this hoping against all hope that the patriarch Abraham has, that even when everything seems terrible, there is a faith that is there. Even when the Virgin Mary, the other great example of faith that the Catechism gives us, that the Church has always had, even when the Virgin Mary is seeing her son Jesus being crucified, that there's that famous him the stabbat matter about Mary at the foot of the cross even while she's looking at him being crucified when her heart is being is being truly pierced by the spear itself yes she's sure that he will rise she doesn't understand anything and yet she has this faith and this is what faith is about it's about knowing that God will bring something good out of this even if it seems like a total mistake even if it seems totally wrong 
God is good and he will do this. And faith is precisely this. It's an awareness, a deep awareness of God's goodness and God's providence and something that we are invited to have. So I hope these few answers have helped. Again, if anybody has any additional questions, please send them to me. Please let me know your questions. Again, on the website, you can contact me. It's Father Neil, F-A-T-H-E-R-N-E-I-L dot com, all one word. And that this is where you can reach me. And tomorrow on March 1st, we'll continue as normal. And tomorrow we'll be looking at 422 to 429 of the Catechism. Thank you. God bless.